0: Private versus public medicine,
1: why you need to know the difference. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about private medicine on Access Health Radio. And we'd like to acknowledge the companies that support our program each week. I'd really like to thank Marley Drug in Winston-Salem, North Carolina for supporting our show. They will mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower than even the big box pharmacy chains. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y-D-R-U-G.com. And again, they're in Winston-Salem. And Dr. Forrest,
0: if people want more information after the show, perhaps a question about today's topic or or they want to find out more information about your practice, uh, where can they find that?
1: If listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show... They can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also send an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. And make sure you include your contact information on that. Uh, we like to you know, thank people if they send in questions that we use on the show. And if you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. The phone number there is 0190. And if you do miss the show, or if you want to hear something that you, you didn't hear or didn't quite catch the week before, you can listen to an on-demand podcast of the show available at WPTF.com. And we will also provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. So Dr. Forrest, let's start off with, I guess, some explanations
0: and definitions. Can you describe for our listeners what the difference is with Private medicine versus public, or what people are used to.
1: Well, first of all, you know, all medicine in the United States used to be private. You know, it was between the doctor and the patient. I always think about uh, Doc Baker on Little House on the Prairie. You know, that's that's how simple medicine used to be. And you know, the doctor worked for you, and you were their client. And uh, you know, the person they answered to uh, was you. You were the physician's boss. Uh, You know, then as insurers and the government started paying for health care, really, they became the client of physicians. They became the person that actually paid the physician's bill in a lot of cases. But to give you a couple of analogies, if uh, you know, if you were in legal trouble, uh, you know, you would get read your rights and uh, you would have access to a free attorney uh, called a public defender. That would be sort of your public option for a lawyer to defend you if you had committed a crime or not committed a crime but had been charged. Yet many people in that situation really don't want to go to jail, and so they opt to hire a private lawyer to defend them. Uh, you know, you can also look at the the example of public school versus private school. You know, for many many people, public school works just fine, but there is uh, some people that prefer private schools and they go for a private option. And in a similar way, there is private medicine, and private medicine is where. Either the physician or the facility contracts directly with the patient to provide their health care, and nobody else is involved in that, not the government or insurance or anything else uh, for, for the services that are provided by that physician or facility. And the difference is that you know if you're hiring private attorneys or if you're sending kids to private school – that's often much more expensive than the public option. With healthcare, private medicine can actually be less expensive, or sometimes just slightly more expensive than medicine that's funded by the government or insurers. And the key difference is that private physicians work for patients; uh, patients are private medicine's boss uh, rather than the government. All right. Now well, that makes
0: some sense. So, why is private versus public medicine becoming more important? I've I've heard about this thing called the MACRA law. I think it was passed just before the Affordable Care Act or what we know as Obamacare. But do I don't know a lot about it. Uh, why is this changing things?
1: Well, MACRA uh, was a health care law. It passed near the same time as the ACA or Obamacare. Uh, but because the ACA and Obamacare got talked about so much and got you know ninety percent of the media coverage, macro really has been overlooked. However, some of the things that, that the macro law does can be equally as important to your future of healthcare as the ACA or Obamacare did. And primarily, the law was intended as a way to contain Medicare costs. As many people are aware, the funds available for Medicare have been facing a critical shortage for several years, and some have estimated that it would be bankrupt uh, in this decade if something was not done to bring down cost. And, you know, while most people agree that changes are needed to reduce cost, some of the drastic measures in MACRA could actually create a conflict of interest between you and your physician, since doctors are actually incentivized financially to make sure that the health care you get is less expensive.
0: I want to come back to that in a few minutes, but first it's time for our Access
1: Health Tip of the Week. You know, many people spend more than $7,000 per year on their health care costs. And did you know that the average private medicine patient spends less than $2,000 a year on their health care costs when they combine private medicine for primary care with a less expensive high deductible health plan? With a health plan like uh, MediShare, Samaritan, or Liberty Share, potentially they could save over $4,000 per year on total out of pocket costs for health care. So private medicine for primary care even eliminates copays and helps reduce medication costs as well. After the break, we're going to talk more about private medicine. And we'll also
0: have our Access Health Trivia of the Week coming up with Dr. Brian Forrest. This is Access Health Radio. This is Access Health Radio with board certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Welcome back. Today we are talking about private versus public medical care. So Dr. Forrest, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. How is it that under this macro law that you just told us about that physicians could be forced to choose between
1: what's actually best for their patient or what's best for the government? Well, you know, although we would all hope that it would actually not come to that, there are situations where physicians and hospitals are going to be financially motivated and financially rewarded to prevent patients from getting some types of treatment and health care. And the program that's created is called Shared Savings. Uh, and this is an example through the Medicare program. But the shared savings program essentially means that if your health care provider saves the government money on what it spends on you for your health care, that they actually get a part of the money that's saved. So, for example, if you had breast cancer and your physician convinced you to get a lepectomy and radiation instead of a mastectomy, that saves Medicare a lot of money. And therefore, they would reward that physician for helping make sure that you got the least expensive option. Now, if both of those options were equally good for your health as a patient and in your best interest, that wouldn't be so bad. But what if you really need a mastectomy? And your physician recommends a lumpectomy with radiation, then you have to wonder if the treatment that's being recommended for you is what you really ought to have, or if it's really just what's better for Medicare and for your doctor's bottom line. And that's what—that's the part that really concerns me.
0: Well, I can see why, and that's a scary scenario uh, that your healthcare provider might have incentives financially to choose one type of treatment versus another instead of what's best for the patient.
1: I think I think that really can be scary. You know, it, it goes as far as the medications they prescribe for you, the surgical options they they recommend, you know, what referrals they make, what diagnostic tests they do. And, you know, you may not even know that those financial incentives exist, that if your physician orders one test versus another or prescribes one medication versus another, that that may actually be financially better for them. And so, you know, I always like to use the litmus test for my patients. If this is what I would use as the best course of action for a family member of mine, that's what I want to recommend. And I feel like sometimes this this new law can create a conflict of interest where a physician may say, well, that's not the treatment I'd want my family member to get but it may be the treatment that Medicare finds most appropriate and most cost effective. So that's the one I'm going to go with. And by the way, that's financially going to be better for our accountable care organization and may, you know, end up rewarding me. And so that's the part that really disturbs me. So, um, This is where private medicine really matters. You know, if your physician is a private physician that only works for you and does not take any money from Medicare or Medicaid, then you can be pretty sure they are not motivated by those type of arrangements. You know, I often will tell patients that have cancer or any patient that's getting ready to go through a surgery or a major treatment to seek a second opinion from somebody that they pay privately to tell them if this is a treatment they would recommend. I also frequently tell patients to ask their physician if they are participating in one of these type financial arrangements called an accountable care organization. Um, That is what many of these arrangements are called, or ACOs is sort of short for accountable care organization. And this is where physicians and hospitals can get paid more to do less expensive treatments.
0: Well, Dr. Forrest, I can think of another reason why I want a private medical doctor. They get more rest. They can sleep at night. (laughs) There you go. After the break, we're going to summarize some key information about private medicine and have Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week straight ahead here on Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Today, we're talking about private versus public medicine, and the differences can be alarming in some cases. Dr. Forrest, have you actually seen examples of where these accountable care arrangements, these ACOs, have led to physicians choosing a different treatment option for a patient just because it was cheaper?
1: Well, yes. Unfortunately, I've seen many of many examples of this since the accountable care organizations were formed. Uh, but I'll give a recent example. There was a, a patient Uh, that had a knee replacement surgery and he ended up needing both of his knees replaced within a period of just a couple of years and with the first knee the recommendations the surgeons made for for what the patient would do and uh, with the surgery and with rehab afterwards and physical therapy uh, worked and were very successful Uh, when the patient had the second knee replaced uh, it was after that surgeon had joined an accountable care organization And when the patient told me how that same surgeon that had operated on the first knee made completely different treatments available with the second knee with much less rehab, much less physical therapy, I told him to actually ask the surgeon if he had joined an accountable care organization and if that had changed the treatment. The surgeon was shocked. When that patient asked him about that, because he didn't expect a patient to know anything about this shared savings program or accountable care organizations, but the, the surgeon actually admitted that he had joined an accountable care organization and that that was the reason for his different recommendations with his second knee, and that that had changed the treatment options, and he had to do that to save Medicare money because he would get you know financially rewarded for those savings. So he immediately told the patient, though, that he would alter the treatment plan to be the same as the first knee and with the same post-surgery rehab and physical therapy. And he apologized to the patient, but said that this was due to this new pressure that he had been under since the macro law had passed and he had joined this accountable care organization. So, you know, I've seen numerous other examples where cancer diagnosis and treatment was less successful than I think it might have been if an aco had not been involved and so i think it's just something you know if if you ever are having a major operation or treatment done and feel like that, you know, the recommendations that you're getting are different than what other people have had or what you've experienced in the past, feel, feel very free to ask the person, ask that physician, are they a member of an accountable care organization or the short version is ACO. And if they say they are, tell them that you want to make sure you're getting the best treatment available even if it's not the treatment that's going to be most beneficial for the ACO financially. Wow. Unbelievable. Okay, doc, it's time now for our access health trivia of the week. Well, people aren't going to be really excited about the trivia of the week, but I think it's interesting to know how this macro law changes over the next couple of years. So, The amount of physicians' pay that comes from cutting costs actually is going to go up from 15% to 30% of their pay in the next couple of years. The ironic part is that the percentage of pay for quality of care goes down from 30% to 15% uh, over that same couple of year periods. In other words, cost is becoming a higher priority by double than the quality over the next couple of years. And since these are changes that will come about uh, due to laws that have already passed several years ago, it's just that they're now going into effect.
0: Well, Dr. Forrest, uh, what are some keys that you would like people to remember from today's show about private versus public medicine?
1: Well, you know, first of all, private medicine is not necessarily for everyone. Some people will need to rely solely on the public option. Uh, you know, healthcare that is funded primarily by the government—be that state, federal, or municipal. However, anyone can choose to have an independent private physician that works directly for them and their best interest. And in many cases, uh, this is not even more expensive. You can also always seek out a private independent physician for a second opinion if if you want to get that. And if you're ever experiencing a major medical diagnostic test or treatment, you really should ask your physician ordering that treatment if they belong to an ACO. And if they participate with a shared savings program, and if they do ask them if that's influencing their treatment recommendations, and if it is ask them to really do what is best for them rather than what might be better for the ACO. Just knowing that a patient is aware of ACOs and shared savings may make that facility or that physician consider a different option and remember for primary care there is an option for private medicine which we've talked about on the show before called direct primary care uh, which we've mentioned on the show and that's how I practice but many people may be surprised to find out there's actually private medicine surgeons And for surgery, there's an option like the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, and they show all of their pricing transparently online with everything included, the anesthesia, you know, the operating room fees, everything. They show that price online, and I've had patients that have actually gone there and gotten surgery for 95% less than a hospital that was going to bill Medicare. Uh, And they draw patients from all over the country that go there for sort of, you know, medical tourism. They go to Oklahoma just to have their gallbladder out or whatever, because it's basically very transparently priced and the surgical center is working directly for them as a patient. They're not filing insurance or anything else, but they're able to give those huge discounts because they don't have to deal with all the bureaucracy associated with that.
0: Well, you've given us a lot of information and I'm sure some of this is going to be available at
1: our uh, website. It is. We're going to have uh, some information about this online. I will try to put a link uh, to the shared savings section uh, of the law. If some people would like to read through that, I can tell you it's not the best uh, nighttime reading, but it might put you to sleep. Uh, and uh, we'll also put some links for some more information uh, about private medicine in general uh, on the website, too. And, uh, you know, we we would like to again today thank our sponsor, Marley Drug. Uh, They support our program. They have for the last uh, year, and they are a pharmacy in Winston-Salem that is very focused on private pharmacy. In fact, they accept no form of insurance, but their cash uh, prices are often less than Uh, what you would pay if you used your insurance at a normal pharmacy. So, you know, there's example of private medicine, both in uh, physicians, surgeons, uh, also even in the pharmacy realm. So it's important to keep in mind that you have those options. I know uh, I have family members uh, that actually have pretty good insurance, most people would say in our state, and they get several of their medications from Marley Drug. I actually get some of my medications from Marley Drug as well. And it's cheaper for my family members to get their medicine directly uh, paying cash to Marley for these generics than it is for them to actually use their insurance it's about half as much as if they use their insurance so just keep that in mind they are a supporter of the show and uh, we really appreciate them doing that it's a really good resource for our patients and again they're not you know it's not somewhere you go for brand name drugs but for generic drugs or something you really don't necessarily want to use your insurance for uh, they're a great option and they ship up to a year supply directly to your front door with free shipping
0: Thank you very much, Dr. Forrest. And just a reminder, if you want more information about Dr. Forrest's medical practice, you can find that at acchealth.com. And if you have a general non-emergent question, maybe you'd like some more information about today's topic, uh, you can email Dr. Forrest at accesshealthradio at gmail.com. So that concludes
1: our show for this week, and our scripture this week is Matthew six twenty four. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next week, Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.